Aloha, and welcome to the last episode of the Finding Ohana podcast holiday series. Over the past month, we've celebrated holiday events with art and music and promoted giving opportunities to support the Boys and Girls Club while enjoying stories of family, fun, and togetherness. Now we have an opportunity to speak with a good friend and notable local leader, Letitia Clark, who just finished her term as mayor of the city of Tustin. Thank you for joining us. Hey, Letitia. Hey, Ross. Hey, thank you so much for joining. I really sure. appreciate it. Um, yeah, I, uh, it's, it's funny. I had to change rooms because the rain was so loud where I was uh, recording. Right. Uh, oh, wow. So it's really pouring down where you guys are. It is right, right down here in Elisa Viejo. Oh, nice. I mean, it's raining here, but it's not, it's not pouring down. It's it's kind of sprinkling, so it might move its way this way soon. It might be coming your way. Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, I wanna I wanna thank you for squeezing this in. Sure. Uh, because I'm gonna say that this is it is December 23rd, and you were kind enough to take some time to join the podcast right before Christmas. So- <laughs> Christmas Eve Eve. Christmas Eve Eve, right. (laughs) I wanted to make sure we spoke a little bit because toward the end of the podcast, um, I'm going to talk about uh, your book and then mention how people can still order it. Amazon will still send it to you in time for Christmas. So (laughs) but uh, before we we get to that, first of all, welcome. Thank you. Yeah. And um, I I don't know, a lot of people don't know this, um, but I actually grew up in Tustin. And, oh, uh-huh. And I and so I wanted to make sure that uh, I had a chance to invite you to talk a little bit about um, how you got involved with politics um, and and the city of Tustin and um, some just some great little tidbits about uh, the things that you've done there in that great city. I I lived in Tustin um, as a child and then mm-hmm. I ranch. I didn't get very far. Yeah. And, lived there uh, for uh, almost 10 years. And so Tustin is very near and dear to my heart. I love um, it. And so uh, could you tell tell us a little bit about how you got involved in politics? Yeah, so, um, you know, when I, I've been talking to kids a lot lately with, with the book, and it's funny because a lot of them will ask me, you know, how did you get started in politics? And when I really think about it, I've kind of been running for office since I was in the third grade. You know, I was always in student council uh, growing up. And um, I I thought that after I graduated from high school that I might want to go to law school. You know, I always enjoyed, you know, being in leadership and, and doing that, that kind of thing. Um, but I moved. Well, so I went to Tustin High School. I actually, my parents um, lived right on the border of Tustin and Santa Ana growing up. And so I went to Santa Ana Fundamental Schools uh, for elementary and middle school, but there was no fundamental um, high school to matriculate into. So uh, they chose to send uh, me and my siblings to Tustin High. And that's really what got me um, more connected to the Tustin community. So even when I was, you know, running, you know, people would ask, am I a Democrat or a Republican? And I would say, you know, I'm, well, first I'm a tiller, you know, and that really <laughs> um, opened up a lot of doors for me because so many of us have that connection to Tustin High School. It's the oldest high school in in Tustin and, and really in the area, they just celebrated their 100th year uh, anniversary. So, um, you know, it's it's a it's an older 
high school in the area. Uh, but nevertheless, after going to Tustin High, I moved away. I went to uh, Xavier University of Louisiana and again, thought I thought I wanted to study law. But, um, you know, and, and I'm a product of Orange County. I, I was born and raised here. So was my dad. And my grandparents came to Orange County uh, when they were in their late teens. My grandpa was in the Marines and uh, my my dad grew up actually in Laguna Beach. And so, um, you know, the, just an interesting story for family here in Orange County. A lot of folks that I talk to don't have as long of a history in Orange County as, as we do. But I decided to move away, go to Xavier University. And for the first time in my life, I saw... Uh, black women running for office, uh, for Senate and for mayor. And I had just never seen that growing up in Orange County. So it kind of changed my perspective about what I could possibly do, you know, in this arena. And maybe law school wasn't the only option for me um, in terms of, you know, being involved in in policy and lawmaking and, and you know, things like that. So I decided to change my major from pre-law to political science I got a job with um, New Orleans City Hall right after uh, I graduated, actually with an African-American female council member. And I was very low on the totem pole at about 21, 22, um, you know, just kind of getting donuts and coffee and answering the phone, um, but was really happy to do that nevertheless. And about a year into working for the council member, uh, Hurricane Katrina was approaching the city and she deemed me as essential personnel uh, I was instructed not to leave the city, that I should stay and, you know, help with whatever the response was. It was the first time in New Orleans history that they had a mandatory evacuation. So they required everyone, um, you know, who wasn't essential to leave the city. Um, they had never done that before. So and as you know, and the world saw that there are a lot of mistakes made um, during that time and a lot of uh, casualties, a lot of people that lost their lives, lost all their property. I lost, you know, what little I did have, a car and an apartment full of stuff, lost everything. And um, it really changed my perspective about local government, because even though I was working in local government, I didn't really know uh, the weight of the responsibility that was on all those people who I worked with every day. Um, you know, what, what, what their responsibility was to the residents. So when Hurricane Katrina hit the city, it was the mayor and the council and the police chief and the fire chief who had to stay and also sacrifice with their families to respond to the people in the city. And it just cemented something in me. And even though I was going through it, it just cemented something in me that, wow, there's so much power in local government. There's so much value, you know, in the people who serve and they really are making a big sacrifice. So I felt like not only did I want to stay involved in local government, and, and, I, and I did work as a staffer for a long time. I um, did a lot of government relations in my career. I still do that today. But I felt like if I ever moved back to California and specifically Tustin, that I would want to, you know, get involved and, and serve at some point. And so when I did move back um, in 2012, um, I started getting back involved in the community. And, you know, I was pretty set on... I think I want to run for office one day in Tustin and and that led to me running uh, for city council in 2016 and then uh, now re-election in 2020 and and I was mayor uh, the whole year of 2021. So that, that you know that's so fascinating. First of all, I want I want to compliment you. I something I admire about you is your ability to lead and to demonstrate leadership 
um, just through your demeanor and through your experience and your approach to leadership. I um, Now, you and I, uh, so we've known of each other for uh, a few years, but we only started yeah. running into each other recently. And even then, remotely on Zoom calls or in person wearing masks. And it's it's so odd that I feel like I know you so well, even though we, we, we really haven't had that much interaction. Right, but, right. But I do appreciate because, you know, in local office, um, so many uh, local officials feel like they need to beat you over the head with their authority and their mm. governmental power. And, um, you know, I've been to I've been to presentations where the person speaking will reiterate that they're the mayor. They're the mayor so many times um, in the speech when you know they are and they don't need to. Yeah. Say and I feel like in in your presence, you're able to convey that without constantly restating that to the public. So I always appreciate that. Um, and and so um, that well, thank is you. really, in, in my assessment, must have come from that background that you had where, you know, I, from from your experience with Katrina um, to coming to Cal back to California and, and leading, I feel like you've got this incredible foundation and this incredible history to take on those roles. It, it really did shape the rest of, you know, not only how I look at government service, but but really how I operate in life. And I've, I've seen it benefit me at work, you know, with my family. Uh, one, I think for, um, you know, being a mom and, and a parent, I value experiences. I value, you know, taking the time off, taking vacation and, and building those memories, um, making sure we always have photos, things like that, because um, material things just, I, they've lost so much value for me after, you know, having to rebuild and, and realizing it's like, well, well, what what value did all this stuff have? You know, because it was gone in, you know, a, a matter of hours, all these things that you've accumulated over time and, so that's changed me a lot. And also knowing that at that time, things seemed so bleak and, you know, so many people were in despair, but uh, there was a lot of good that came out of the storm. Uh, the city's probably in a better condition in terms of more diversity, uh, more um, innovation that's come from basically having to start all over. So that's kind of the hope I held on to, especially having to be a leader during COVID. Um, it just gave me a good perspective that we can't just think about the response, but we have to start to look toward recovery because we will get through this at some point and we want to be better, you know, after this rather than regressing and, and, and allowing this to make us in a, a worse spot than we were before COVID. So I, I try to keep that perspective because it's exactly what I went through during Hurricane Katrina. Wow. That's, that's incredible. And, and, you know, I look to the city of Tustin because I, you know, I think about, I mean, I was living in Tustin way back in 1975. Right. So a long time ago. And, <laughs> um, and I, you know, but I recently just uh, started returning to the city um, my son uh, gained an interest in vinyl records, and we've been going to the record store down there oh, in yeah. the old vitalized downtown. And yeah, my, when my wife and I were first dating, we used to go to dinner at Rudabagors, and mm -hmm. you know, so that whole area is I have such a fondness for it. Um, and and then I look at things like I, I mean I mean I'm amazed that um, Roma d'Italia is still there. 
Right. And, uh, you know, all these places that I grew up with. And that was, you know, that was the place that was a restaurant where, you know, in high school, people took their date for Sadie Hawkins. And, and all that. <laughs> so it's, yep. I have this long history with with Tustin. In fact, you know, I got this memory um, uh, when I was in high school and I was trying to hang a happy birthday banner up at Tustin High okay. uh, for, for a friend of mine. And I got there at like 1030 at night and I had the banner rolled up and I climbed up to uh, just inside the gate of the high school. And I was hanging from this uh, overhang, trying to hang this banner and the Tustin police showed up and the spotlight <laughs> went on me and I turned around and I dropped to the ground and they, oh they said, what are you doing? Why are you tearing that banner? <laughs> and I said, no, I'm trying to put this banner up. It's for my friend Lois, it's her birthday tomorrow. Oh, how and funny. They, they looked at me shaking their heads and said, you know, you're gonna get yourself in a lot of trouble. <laughs> Why don't you get out of here? And I said, could I just hang this up? Before I leave? And they, looked at me and they said, no, you need to. Leave. And I mean, and you know, that was, I remember that that was, uh, you know, October 30th, 19, you know, 80. Wow. Uh, and so there's so many things like that, that I think about in Tustin. Um, yeah. I think about the library and I think about the downtown. So maybe could you give us an idea of um, some of the things that you've, you've really impacted in the city? And, and, and what you see for the future. Yeah, so um, I think so many of us have those great memories, right, about the city. Um, when I actually first ran, I had to connect with a lot of residents about the charm and the, the small town appeal that Tustin has had for so long um, because that, that's what most of us associate with the city of Tustin. Although we know that we're growing, we know that things are changing, we know that there are new residents coming into the area. And sometimes, and, and you know, as an elected official, change scares people. So we, we, you know, when we mention something like Aroma D still being in Old Town, that doesn't come, you know, that doesn't happen by accident. That takes a lot of um, intentionality from, from the council and from leadership, you know, making sure that they stay there, making sure that um, an owner that's been there, you know, over 60 years, feels welcomed, they feel supported, um, they feel like they're given resources and tools to continue to succeed um, and do well. Um, and so we, we realize that that's a value that we have in the city and we want people like you that have you know, been in Tustin and can still come and, and support the businesses to have that nostalgia when you come uh, to the city. Uh, I think what I've tried to do is to appreciate that um, recognize that that that's that's a value in the city, but also uh, try to also be intentional about moving us forward into this next century and utilizing the space that we have because we are um, a military city. We used to have a, a marine base here um, in the city, so uh, recognizing that part of our history and there's so much potential on the land that we have. Most cities do not have. Uh, the amount of, of acreage that we have to develop. Uh, so we've been very intentional about building housing, building diverse types of housing. Uh, we also have welcomed uh, what we're hoping will be kind of a new tech hub here in Orange County to you know rival that of, of Irvine. Uh, we have a 800,000 square foot area uh, called Flight where uh, we're welcoming you know the startups of the world with open office space concepts and uh, we're welcoming, uh, you know, uh, uh, ex expansions of Amazon and 
um, other companies that I can't even speak to right now, but they're, they're uh, clean energy companies. They are, you know, companies that are, are going to be really moving us into the future when it uh, relates to helping the environment and appealing to people as, you know, how they want to participate either through electric cars or um, charging stations. Um, so I've really kind of had a hand in, in making sure that we have an open door for those type of companies and that they feel like Tustin is a, a good place geographically and just kind of socially to be in. Um, and I think additionally, we are moving forward, even though, and I think Tustin has a, a reputation for good or bad of being an older city um, in Orange County. And some people associated with having some of those what might be considered older um, sentiments or values of a Orange County city to maybe not um, embrace diversity as much or, you know, be a little more exclusive. And so I've tried to really adopt the narrative that we are embracing diversity, equity, and inclusion. We are speaking up when things are, you know, not, not right. So we have taken stances on Black Lives Matter, on um, API hate, uh, and, and really just showing the community that we recognize we have an extremely diverse community. A lot of that is because we have this military past and many people that were global citizens decided to land and stay here in Tustin. Uh, but we're not going to be silent. We don't want to be necessarily the best kept secret, you know, in Orange County, which I think, um, maybe some of my predecessors may, may have touted, uh, but we want to be a place where people feel welcome and feel like they can uh, thrive here in Tustin. I, uh, Ross, I don't know if you remember the sign kind of heading out of uh, uh, Tustin off of, um, off of First Street. Um, and, and also I think there was a sign on Irvine Boulevard, but it would say, you know, uh, uh, li live where you must, but or work where you must, but live and shop in Tustin, right? So it kind do. of, I yeah, it, it's a saying that people really like. But and and, and again, we we appreciate that a uh, former you know council member adopted that saying for the city, but we also realize that we want to evolve too. We want to be a city where you can live, work, and shop here, that you can do it all here. Um, and so we we've tried to embrace that that small town feel, but also recognize that people want to be in a place where they can do everything, where they can, you know, send their kids to a great school, shop at their favorite store, you know, find a new hip restaurant um, and walk safely down the street. Uh, we, we want you to be able to do all that here in Tustin. So I think um, I'm 39 years old. I think I you know, kind of bring like a young professional voice to the council, um, but there are younger members on the council than me too. But I think I help bring, a little of the combination of, you know, we appreciate the nostalgia and we value that, but we also want to be, you know, somewhat on the cutting edge to embrace innovation and technology and, and clean energy and, you know, moving us forward as well. So. Well, that's, that's terrific. And you just reminded me of something in that area. Uh, and this was a while ago. I don't even know if this still happens, but um, over there in the Enderly center, uh -huh. uh, uh, there, there was a restaurant there that uh, the author Dean Koontz used to love to go to, and oh. everyone knew that he would go to that restaurant. So people started waiting for him to ask to sign books. Uh huh. And the restaurant manager finally had to put a stop to it because there'd be a line of people. So what they would do is they would allow you to drop off your books. They would have him sign them after he'd eaten his meal. 
And then they get them back. And I did that. I brought some books. I brought three of his books and had him sign them. And, um, and I just thought that is so fascinating that um, a famous author would choose Tustin to die. Right. And, you know, and, and so you are, you do have these unique restaurants, these unique dining opportunities. You've got so many um, uh, uh, great businesses there and, and you're mm-hmm. just ideally located for yeah. surrounding cities in Orange County right. um, that I can really see the attraction. And, mm-hmm. and you know, you also remind me, I, when I was younger, I used to be a volunteer uh, at the, um, Marine Corps Air Station, Boys oh, and Girls. Oh, yeah. And, oh, um, the Boys and Girls Club on the base. On the base. Yeah, and wow. I used to drive in there, and um, it was funny because I was driving this. I bought a, a used car from somebody, and and on the windshield, it had a sticker that it, it, it I never even peeled it off. I didn't know what the sticker was. But as I was driving, th- whenever I'd approach the gate um, to pull on to volunteer, the yeah. uh, guard would raise the arm of the of the gate and salute me, and I always thought, oh. "Oh gosh, that's so nice of them to do that." Then I found <laughs> out that, that sticker it looked like an officer sticker on my car. They thought I was an officer oh, on the base. Wow! Car. And I, I thought that was so funny because for for years I thought they're so polite here. They salute me when I come in. <laughs> Isn't it funny? Just the little things that we remember later. We're like, oh, that's why that happened. <laughs> well, and, you know, when I first became aware of that base, so this is so long ago. This is how old I am. Yeah. Um, I, the, the, uh, the Marine base was actually, it used to be called LTA. Right. Or lighter than air, because that's where the blimps were stored. That's and right. That's right. It took decades for me to stop calling it LTA. I'd say that, oh, and they'd say, what right. are you talking about? And it's... That's how I grew up calling it LTA. Yeah, um, isn't that funny? Mm-hmm. So I do. I have so many great memories of that area. Oh, I love um, that. Yeah, and so I, so obviously now the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about, and we've heard a, um, uh, your little one in the background a little bit, which I absolutely love. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that you can do a, you can do an interview and take care of your little ones as well. Yeah. Um, so, gosh. Uh, could you tell us a little bit? Well, first of all, tell us how you, you came to write your book. Okay. Um, and, and maybe a little bit about your family, because I think that everyone is super interested. I've seen some things on Facebook. So you've been, I don't know if it's a book tour, but you've been invited to speak about this book. So it's obviously already notable. Um, could you tell us how you came to write it and a little bit about your family. Yeah, well, I mean, quite to my surprise, it, it really has received this this wonderful welcome and reception. And um I, I felt like, well, since I got elected to the council, I think being um, the first African-American woman in the seat uh, just really uh, interested a lot of people. And then, you know, when they would ask me to speak about the position, then I'd do the same thing I'm doing with you, you know, telling them a little bit more about my my family's history here, you know, my and I was telling you a little bit about my dad and my grandparents and even just kind of going back, I think especially for people maybe not like you and I who are new to Orange County, I think they're always fascinated to know what what the minority experience has been in Orange County, you know, over spans of, of generations. And, uh, you know, when I talk about my grandparents, so I mentioned that they moved to Laguna Beach. They uh, lived on one street, Ocean Avenue in Laguna, that at the time was the only place where Black people could live in Laguna. So they found this this uh, owner of, uh, of, of, of a few properties and told them about this street. And so they 
they have purchased it, it looks like a little shack it's still there now um and so uh and then my dad was the first african-american baby born at hogue hospital in, in newport and wow. we we look at the paper clipping it was in the oc register we look at that every now and then but we like to remember that because even with challenges um you know my family decided to stay here and so for me you know even though it, it may seem like orange county maybe isn't the best place for i mean we're talking about now blacks are only 2% of the population. This is home for us. It's it's still home, you know, no matter what changes uh, the county may have, have gone, has gone through. It's just, it's, it's home. And we have such a, a rich history here and so many fond memories. So um, I got asked to talk a lot about that. And I realized that, you know, being an elected in this day and age and in a place like Tustin for a lot of people were, you know, it was surprising. They didn't understand how something like that, you know, might be able to happen and wanted to know a little bit more about my journey. So when I did become mayor, which wasn't um, guaranteed because even though we rotate the position in Tustin, there had been times where other women were passed up for the role. Uh, they weren't rotated into the position. So I, I, I knew it wasn't guaranteed that I, I would be mayor. So then when I became mayor and then the newspaper article the next day came out saying I was the first mayor in almost two decades, it, it made me realize something too, that there hadn't been a lot of women in this position in Tustin. So um, I knew that I, I wanted to uh, really write the book about and, and showing uh, a black family kind of in this, this role to memorialize that. But also in talking to my kids, you know, here I am so busy. And they were about, uh, what, eight or nine when I first started running the first time. Uh, and me being so busy, kind of, you know, going to council meetings and they'd come with me to some events and things like that. I thought they had a really good understanding of what mommy did all day. But when I ran for reelection and now they're a little older, they're teenagers and I'm just talking to them and they still didn't, you know, quite understand, you know, all the things that went into what I did, you know, as a council member and now as mayor, uh, you know, when they would see a new restaurant pop up, they didn't know I had a hand in, you know, making that happen. When they saw, um, you know, a, a new crossing guard um, uh, near their school, they didn't know that I had a hand in, in helping to fund that, you know, so I figured if, if they don't understand that as my kids and they're with me all the time, then I bet there's a lot of kids that don't know that everything around them is influenced by their local leaders and they should really pay attention to um, who their local leaders are. And then you and I discussed about how much value I place in local leadership and, and how near and dear it is to my heart. So, you know, really touting about all the nuances that um, uh, local leaders have a hand in and what impacts quality of life for everyone around us. Uh, I wanted to memorialize that and it, it manifested in a children's book and I, I probably wrote it like in a day and then it was getting it published and finding an illustrator and, uh, you know, working out the formula to make sure all the words, you know, had this certain rhythm. That's what took a little longer. Uh, but yeah, I, and I knew I wanted it released when I was mayor. So I could say, you know, I'm the mayor and I also wrote this book, you know, mommy is the mayor. So I know I, I knew I had a tight deadline and it was just kind of a personal goal for me to release it. I had no idea that it would be received so well. So um, for my publisher, it's already considered a bestseller. And um, I think that means that we've uh, sold uh, nearly 2000 books. So I know it's over a thousand. So, I mean, it's, it's been great.
That that's fantastic. I, I'll tell you when I the night that I heard that you'd be speaking about the book, uh-huh. uh, I was at an event. It was the uh, the Democratic Women of South Orange County had their oh. final dinner, and it was also in the silent auction. And <laughs> when they talked about that book, the entire room you could see everybody turning to each other. And either acknowledging they'd heard of it or saying, oh, my gosh, I had no idea that Letitia had written a book. Wow. Uh I could see I was standing up at the front of the room and I could see the entire room. It was like a wave of acknowledgement that went over the room. Wow. And it was wonderful to see. And the the book is terrific. The message is is important. The illustrations are are really incredible. And so I wanted (laughs) to talk about that because it's just such a it's a wonderful um, I guess, an uh, exclamation point at the end of your term. Yeah. Been- oh, well, thank you for saying that. I mean, it I, it really has been the mo- the best part has been going to, um, you know, speak to these kids, right? And seeing what they do know already or some of, just seeing the little light bulbs go off. Um, and I think the, the, the best thing is that it's a lot of moms bringing their kids to the readings. And even they are just, you know, that you start to see their will spin like, huh, maybe I could do that too. <laughs> you know, yeah. maybe I can run for office. Like, and I just love to see that because, um, you know, we, we need just kind of regular folks getting involved in local government that have different perspectives and can contribute. Um, and I think that's how you ensure that more voices are heard. So I just always love to see people inspired to, to serve. And because as you know, I, I mean, it doesn't, pay a whole lot it's a it's a lot of sacrifice um it's a lot of hours and so um you know a few can't just do it forever we need a lot of people to be um engaged and involved so we can just keep that interest and engagement going for for years to come i've never wanted to be the focus of these interviews so yeah. but since you brought it up yes so i've been in office and that's how you and i have interacted and, and yes and met not only from coming from the city of Tustin. And so if, if, if people uh, uh, listen to the podcasts who don't know me from the city of Aliso Viejo, that's, that's what we're talking about is. Yeah. I, yeah. I've well, it's all- important because I mean, you know, it's not the only thing you do and it, of course it doesn't define you, but it is a big part of how we know each other. And I just think it's important for other people to know that, that you commit to that service every day, that it's a, you know, something that, uh, to, and to me, it's just, it's just like volunteering or doing something that you're really passionate about. Uh, it, it speaks a lot to your character that you have made this sacrifice all these years to, you know, serve your greater community. So, oh, thank you, thank absolutely. You. Well, I um I promised you that we would keep the the conversation to thirty minutes, but I've thought okay. of a dozen questions I would want to ask you, but I'm not going to hold you to that today. <laughs> I hope I hope that we can come back and talk again later. That'd be um, great. But I said earlier in the podcast that your book is available through Amazon. Is that the best way to get it? Is that the fastest way? I would say, yeah, if you're a prime member, then you can, you know, make sure you get it in a couple of days. It is just print on demand. So um, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, um, Books a Million. And I mean, if you're in the local Orange County area, there are a few bookstores that um, have it um, in hand. Uh, but yeah, online is probably the best way to go. So. So um, I appreciate the support. Yes, that is a great, it's a great read um, for 
anyone, but it's also such a, it's such a unique gift. I, I have been telling my friends about it and I think it's just a <laughs> wonderful uh, accomplishment along with all of your many other accomplishments, Leticia. So thank you. Um, yes. Thank you so much for joining us today. And my and pleasure. I, I, I hope to talk to you again uh, on these topics, but also to see you in person very soon. I would love that. And yeah, looking forward to a, a, a better and more in-person interactive 2022. But thanks, Ross, for having me and, and happy holidays to you and your family. Thank you so much. Same to you. Bye. Okay, thank you. Bye.